On today's show, the Yankees won three out of four against the Orioles, but closed out the series with a bit of a bummer of a game. The Yankees actually scored while Jordan Montgomery pitched, and Jordan Montgomery couldn't pitch. Go figure. We'll talk about today's game. We'll talk about last night's win. We'll also discuss the fact that the Yankees aren't the only ones complaining about Camden Yards' new dimensions, and there is potentially scary injury news in the pitching staff. We will discuss that all next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. It's Thursday, May 19th. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button on our videos. And please comment if you feel so inclined. I will try to respond to you. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Yankees. So we have two games to talk about, although I, I, I'm telling you right now I don't really want to talk about today's game because I don't know if it's all the years of watching baseball, but I kind of had a feeling the Yankees were going to lose today's game. I just didn't imagine the pitching giving up nine runs. <laughs> that was not what I was figuring. I was figuring because it was Jordan Montgomery, because it was Bruce Zimmerman, I just figured the Yankees wouldn't score against Zimmerman. Montgomery would pitch well enough to win, but wouldn't have the run support. And that's not what happened. It was a very strange game. So I don't really want to talk about that yet. Let's let's talk about last night. That was more positive. Yeah, not a lot of scoring. That's fine. Um, you know, the Yankees didn't look great. They didn't look bad. They just didn't look, you know, overpowering or anything. And Garrett Cole started last night. It took him until the fourth inning to strike anyone out. And he struck out five guys in a row. And those were the only five he struck out. It was a very strange game. He won. You know, he won the decision. His fourth win of the year. He now has a 2.89 ERA on the season. And after his rough first three starts, he has a 1.67 ERA in his last five starts. So the reports of his demise and, you know, career downturn are premature. And yes, I know the Yankees haven't been playing great teams lately, but he's looking better. That's all you want. So he went seven innings, gave up two runs on six hits, did not walk anyone, had those five strikeouts. And then you had Clay Holmes come in and do Clay Holmes things. He's unbelievable. He's really good. He gave up a hit, struck out a batter. His ERA for the season is down to 0.44, picked up his third save. And as I joked in my postgame video, if you didn't watch it, I will tell you what I said. I basically said, wasn't it nice to see someone come into a game to save it, you know, in a close situation and not have to hold on to your butt? While you were watching it, like you do when you watch Aroldis Chapman come in. 
Clay Holmes is just, uh, he's one of those guys that came out of nowhere and is doing really well. And I hope that this continues all year for him. And then on the offensive front, the Yankees were slightly quiet. Uh, Glaber Torres had the double that scored Rizzo. And then the Yankees scored thanks to a wild pitch, uh, Donaldson and Glaber. Nice base running by Glaber on that play, by the way. So all three of the runs, you know, it was early. First inning. Then the Yankees couldn't do anything after that. Now, luckily, the Orioles only had seven hits compared to the Yankees' six hits. So, yeah. So last night they were 28-9. and nine. Then after today's game, they're 28-10. and 10. But hey, if you told me when the 2022 season started that the Yankees would not lose their 10th game until May 29th, not 29th, I wish, <laughs> May 19th, I'd sign up for that. They still have the best record in the majors. And they're not letting today's loss get them down. Although they don't have an off day, they're going home to play the White Sox. And then they'll be welcoming the Orioles. It's a very strange schedule. Abby and I talked about that. But it is kind of strange that they're playing the White Sox. Then they're playing the Orioles. Then they're playing the White Sox. Then they're playing the Orioles. Away and then home. I'll have a preview of the White Sox matchups tomorrow as far as i know the white Sox rotation is set for the weekend tony la Russa announced that earlier but as i said we will discuss that on tomorrow's show and then yeah today's game just i don't know just it's gonna happen every once in a while where the yankees have a meh day <laughs> you know they had 10 hits you know they were scoring and you know, Stanton hit a home run off Zimmerman. Should have had two home runs if that new wall wasn't there. You know, the game could have been different if that happened. You know, uh, but yeah, the pitching. Let's go through the... All right, we will talk about today's game because why not? So Montgomery only pitched five innings, gave up three runs on seven hits, didn't walk anyone, which is good, um, struck out three... Gave up a home run to Robinson Chirinos. Miguel Castro didn't even record an out. <laughs> Gave up three runs on one hit, two earned, one walk. Chad Green came in for two thirds of an inning, then left with a forearm injury, which is never good. We'll talk about that in a bit because you hear forearm, you think, uh oh, <laughs> forearm injuries usually or a precursor to Tommy John, because that's always kind of like, ugh, I don't know, that's just not good. Loisega pitched a third of an inning, walked two, struck out one. Wandy Peralta, two innings, struck out two, didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run. Actually, Green didn't give up a run. Loisega didn't give up a run. It was Lucas Lecky who gave up the game-winning home run to Anthony Santander in the bottom of the ninth. I felt that one coming. Didn't you? I knew it. Santander's a pain in the ass. Been saying it all series. <laughs> uh, him and Mullins. Mullins wasn't even in the lineup. And someone had mentioned that. He pinch hit. 
But someone mentioned the fact that, you know, Mullins isn't even in the lineup. Why can't the Yankees pull away from these guys? But it was just one of those days. You're going to have one of those days where the bullpen just, you know, isn't doing their thing. And it just happens. The Yankees were three for eight with runners in scoring position. Rizzo had a double. Kiner Falefa had that big hit that pulled the Yankees ahead, but then they couldn't stay ahead. And, you know, I mean, things happen. What are you going to do? It's not a big deal. Again, they're 28 and 10. You know, I'm not going to be angry at 28 and 10. I'm not going to rant about them losing a game in Camden Yards because they won three out of four. That's what you want them to do against bad teams. Would the sweep have been nice? Sure. But you're not always going to sweep everyone. So in a moment, we'll talk more about this series. We'll talk about the fact that Trey Mancini also doesn't like Camden Yards' new uh, dimensions. It's not just the Yankees complaining. But first, time to talk about Bill Barr. I don't have one with me because I'm in my room right now. But imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories with 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Bilt. I received my birthday cake puffs, and honestly, I've never had anything like them. They're available right now, but we can't promise you that they'll be there tomorrow, so get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried their puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret, because that's what friends do. It's a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. It's covered in 100% chocolate, and it's a marshmallow. And the birthday cake puff is covered in white chocolate with sprinkles. All Built Bars, not just the puffs, are covered in 100% chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com to get the birthday cake puffs now. Seriously, get them. They're so good. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you get recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So it seems Trey Mancini actually agrees with Aaron Judge's comments about the new Camden Yard, Camden Yard's dimensions. The left field wall was pushed back an estimated 30 feet and raised to 12 feet high in the offseason. And Aaron Judge joked about it being like a build-your-own-park kind of a thing. And Judge said, after Tuesday's game, I feel like it ruins the park. It was quite a beautiful park the way it was. And Mancini said, nobody likes it. No hitters like it, myself included. (laughs) And... Speaking of Mancini, he hit four of his tw- four, 14 of his 21 home runs last season at Camden Yards, but he's missed out on at least two as a result of the changes made at the Orioles' home stadium. He said, there's nothing we can do to change it. It's nothing you can be thinking about when you're up at the plate, but it doesn't make it any less tough when you hit a ball that should definitely be a homer. The change is giving the Orioles what they want so far this season. They're only seeing 1.3 home runs per game, which is the fifth fewest in the majors. So they're sick of everyone hitting home runs, including their own players. But hey, Anthony Santander hit one. That's where his walk-off went. It was kind of, well, a little bit to the uh, closer to the foul pole where the, the wall actually, all right, if you're not watching on YouTube, 
you're not going to see me demonstrate what the wall looks like. But the wall is slanted from where it's 12 feet high and goes lower. And he hit it over that way. But it was almost in the same spot as the home run that he hit off of Chapman the other day. So, yeah, it's not just the Yankees that don't like that. But I just, again, I find it funny that they decided to do this after 30 years. Like, what? <laughs> Why did it take so long for you to decide, hey, maybe we should change this because uh, it's not working to our advantage. But it's still not really working to your advantage if you're taking home runs away from your own team. You know? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It seems really silly. Nah. So, so I said the road trip ends with a loss, but the Yankees themselves... They're still happy. They went six and two on an eight game road trip. I mean, yeah, would eight no would have been great? Yeah, eight no would have been great, but it's not plausible. It really isn't. You know, even the 1998 Yankees lost some games, people. Actually, they lost a lot of games in September. They kind of fell apart there. They would have been much better if it wasn't for September. Stanton said after the game, I think we're in a good spot. We can always get better, capitalize on games like this where you can come back, but that's baseball. I think we'll be okay. We're just going to keep pressing forward. So they were the last team in the majors to reach double digits and losses. Again, they won six out of eight on the road. And yes, it's against the White Sox and Baltimore, but it's going to be the same teams coming up in the next two series. So... They are now 18-1 and one when scoring five or more runs this season. They were 18-0 and 0 coming into this game. So, again, it was just a bad day for the pitchers. What are you going to do? But here is the rub. Jordan Montgomery, <laughs> six of the Yankees' ten losses this season have come in games started by Montgomery. And has nothing to do with him because they've averaged 2.16 runs in those six games. I, you know, and five runs is a lot for them to score for him. And it just, eh, you know, it happens. What are you going to do? I joked that they should put a disguise on Jordan Montgomery so the Yankees could pretend that it was someone else on the mound and they would actually score for him, but they did score for him. It just, you know, didn't work out. And again, the bullpen looked rough, but um, that's what happens. And Anthony Rizzo was ejected in the eighth inning. Manny Gonzalez was having an issue behind the play today. I mean, his zone was, it was bad for everyone. Trey Mancini got screwed on um, at least two calls in one at bat, uh, but Anthony Rizzo kind of went nuts because there was a pitch that Gonzalez called for Stanton a ball and called a strike for him. And he was basically like, it's the same pitch. <laughs> and I guess Manny Gonzalez didn't like that too much. But uh, yeah, he actually said, same pitch, same pitch. So, <laughs> And then Rizzo said, if that warrants an ejection, then you better keep your mouth shut in this league because we should be getting ejected left and right. And he's right. If, you, if a guy's not cursing at you, umps, why are you throwing them out? Oh, the whole you can't argue balls and strikes thing, right? Yeah. Well, try calling the balls and strikes correctly, and then these guys wouldn't be yelling at you every five seconds. How about that, Manny Gonzalez? I know it's not easy to ump, but I feel like the umpiring is just really falling down the tubes. 
Although, as I've said on past shows, I also feel like the Strike Zone box on TV doesn't really help. But there are times where I'm at a live game and I can tell when calls are bad, you know? So it's not just watching it on TV. I don't know. Guys, these guys have to get better at what they do. What they do. They get away with being bad. Um, in a moment, we're going to talk about Chad Green leaving the game because, again, that's not a good thing. And... There's also not great news about Luis Heel down in AAA. That happened yesterday. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Chad Green will undergo an MRI on Friday in New York after he experienced forearm discomfort in his pitching arm, which prompted that sixth inning exit. He threw a one-two curveball to Austin Hayes. Then he gestured to Higashioka, who was behind the plate, and that summoned, he summoned the trainer to come out. Um, he said that it, it, he felt it after the pickoff throw. He said, ah, oh, that didn't feel great. I kind of had a little self-talk with myself and decided that it would probably be best not to move forward. So MRI time for Chad Green. No, he hasn't been pitching great, but that is a big uh, problem if... Something happens with him. And then last night during Scranton's game, Luis Heal threw a pitch and called for the trainer. Heal pointed to his elbow and made an I'm done motion, and he's coming out of the game. This happened at 8.04 p.m. last night. Connor Foley, the beat writer for Scranton, for the Times-Tribune in Scranton, tweeted that out last night. Heal is singing Dr. Christopher Ahmad in New York, the team doctor. That's not good. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, the Yankees need some depth from AAA. And, um, you know, heals one of those guys that they probably would have relied on. So, yeah, uh, feeling something in your elbow isn't good. Feeling something in your forearm isn't good. Let's send positive vibes to both Chad Green and Luis Heal. Now, there was some interesting news about another bullpen arm. And I forgot to pull up this link, too. My apologies. It's one of those days. Oh, yes. Christy Ackert, beat writer, tweeted last night, Zach Britton is doing really well, throwing at 120 feet, and could be in the bullpen soon. I don't know what soon means, because he's still throwing on flat ground. But 120 feet is pretty good. And, I mean, he had his Tommy John surgery, when was it, last September? So that's a pretty good recovery. I don't want him coming back too soon because you don't want something bad to happen to the elbow. But that would be an amazing comeback for Zach Britton. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Because, again, the Yankees could always, the Yankees could always use extra arms. That would be fantastic. Um, we have time. I finished things a little quicker than I thought I would. So let's discuss two games that happened on this date. Last year, Corey Kluber's no-hitter. 
Remember that? Yeah. Remember how he threw a no-hitter and then he got injured the next game and then we didn't really see him that much after that. Corey Kluber, who helped Michael King become one of the best relievers in baseball so far this season. Thank you, Corey Kluber. Thank you for the no-hitter. That was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, thank you for Michael King. And then the other game. We have to talk about it because we just do. May 19th, 1998. Does that date ring a bell? It's not the perfect game. It was two days later. We refer to it as the imperfect game. The day of the brawl between Baltimore and the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting game. I had that game on VHS tape. And my brother and I would watch that brawl every once in a while. I know that's kind of strange, but man, that just got us all pumped up. Armando Benitez. What a tool. (laughs) What an absolute tool throwing right at Tino Martinez's back because he gave up a home run. What a loser. What an absolute tool and loser. And that brawl, I mean, you know, it's always funny when the bullpen comes running out, but to see someone as tall as Graham Lloyd running out and then trying to swing (laughs) at Armando Benitez is even funnier. Um, I'm sure the brawl is somewhere on YouTube. Look it up. Oh, gosh. And Scott Brocious got involved. And, um, you know, Daryl Strawberry infamously got involved. Joe Torre had to calm him down. Tino obviously had to be calmed down because he had mentioned in the brawl, I remember him holding up his two fingers saying, you know, that's twice that he's done that to me. And he had like a baseball-sized welt in between his shoulder blades for a few days after that happened. I mean, he got hit with a hard pitch, really. And then after the dust settled, Bobby Munoz, that was his name, right? Gave up a home run. (laughs) And the Yankees like really pulled ahead in the game. Oh, that was an MSG game. That's how long ago that was. My God, 24 years ago. That's crazy. And I forgot to commemorate David Wells' perfect game. That was two days ago. But it's 24 years, you know. I commemorate, usually I do a full commemoration like I did with the Jason Giambi game on a on a zero or a five, a year that ends in a zero or five. That means it, it seems more appropriate than, you know, talking about a game. So next year, David Wells, I swear to God, I'll do a whole episode about your perfect game. Well, maybe not a whole episode, maybe like two segments. <laughs> but if you want to come on and talk about it, then hell, I'll do a whole show dedicated to your perfect game. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that game against Baltimore in 98 was crazy. I had just gotten home from school. I had just graduated college. Finally, took me a while to get out of college. (laughs) That's another story for another day. And I was emotionally drained and watching the game half-assed, but I was watching it. And then that brawl woke me up (laughs) like, whoa, you know, geez, Benitez, I mean, that ball was thrown so hard. Like, I'm picturing it in my head right now. Picture it. You remember it. He throws the ball. Tino gets whacked in the back. Tino kind of does a, if you're not watching me on YouTube, I don't even know how to describe this. But, you know, he turned his back and you saw the pain that he was in. Just like, ugh, because it's not fun being hit with a baseball, especially not a fastball between the numbers. Right between the two and four. Boom. Just woof. And man, I mean, 
that was a brawl. You don't see brouhaha's like that anymore. It spilled into the Orioles' dugout. <laughs> it seemed like it lasted forever. It was just so, oof. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees were already doing well at that point, but it almost felt like they just went on a roll after that. That just, that was crazy. I don't think there were any other May 19ths that we need to commemorate, right? I think, I think that's it. I don't think there was anything else. Um, so on tomorrow's show, we will preview the White Sox Yankees because the Yankees are playing the White Sox. I believe it's only, it's for three, right? Because it's a, let's see, do, do, do. They're doing three against the White Sox. Three against the Orioles. And then the Rays series next weekend is a four-game series. Like I said, these guys do not have a day off until Memorial Day. And then it doesn't get any easier for them because they're facing the Angels after that. And the Angels are doing well this year. So, yeah, these next few games are crucial for the Yankees. You know, it's it's almost better that they're playing the White Sox and Orioles because they're familiar with them and they've seen them the past eight games. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a rough stretch for them. And as I said earlier in the week, don't be surprised if you see some rough outings like we saw today. Maybe that's going to be the the bullpen's bad game. <laughs> and things will be better for the rest of maybe this weekend, you know. Um, but just don't be surprised if they drop a game or two or possibly three of these next six games against the White Sox and Orioles. Just saying, you never know. Just be on the lookout for that because it could happen. They're, they're playing a lot of games in these weeks, these past weeks, and there's no let up for another week and three days. So, or otherwise known as 10 days if you do the math. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on the videos, and I will answer any questions you have or respond to any comments you have. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.